No, they do. This is how they think. Because they think they've cracked the code on how power dynamics shape reality. That's a fundamental organizing principle of all of reality. And so anybody who's black, who's not speaking authentically black, who's not giving a, their black face without a black voice, is not an authentic member. They ain't black. Their unique voice of color is not being expressed authentically. They're reproducing the power dynamic. They're a member of the petite bourgeoisie or something like that. Or they're a traitor. A kulak, maybe. That's a problem. That's what diversity means. So diversity hiring, which we're celebrating here at OU this week, with posters everywhere, Diversity hiring means hiring a bunch of people who have the same political opinion, who are going to get the job specifically to enforce a political opinion on the institution they've been hired by. We call those people in the Soviet Union commissars. Diversity officers are commissars. You have about a hundred of them in the administration of this university. Each one of them making like a hundred and fifty effing thousand dollars a year of Oklahoma taxpayer money, your tuition money, your scholarship money is going to enforce political officers who are going to make you believe the world this way because critical theories have one and only one goal, which is to create more critical theorists, to make every subject that they teach be about teaching critical theory in the end, to make sure every space enforces the ideology, and the person who does that is your officer of diversity. And the ruse is that diversity only counts when you have the authentic, structurally determined voice that comes out of a Marxist theory. In other words, if you've adopted the correct political ideology, and maybe, helpfully, you look different here and there. Inclusion. When you separate the world into a realm of power dynamics, there are winners and there are losers. The lower class in this category, a categorization in a society that's taken up values like we have, and that are increasingly Marxist by exploiting this, become called protected classes. Originally, the civil rights laws that we passed in the 1960s were designed to protect all citizens of this country under the 14th Amendment's Equal Protection Clause, regardless of what they look like from discrimination, etc. But very rapidly, it was determined that some groups of people, identity groups of people, have a worse shape than others, Hello and welcome to the Unbelievable Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Owsley, and I am here today uh, to talk to you about I got name dropped by James Lindsay on Timcast IRL last night. And for little old me, that's a that's kind of a big thing. So um I started with the video though, because that's the important part. The video that James uh, he mentioned my name, but that was the least important part of the video uh, of, of what he said about anything on Tim Pool last night. That was the least important part. What was important was the video he was he was referencing, or the talk he gave at the University of Oklahoma. Um, I brought him here in March, and pardon me, and uh, during OU's DEI week, and he gave a talk about what diversity, equity, and inclusion actually is, and. This is this is that talk. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put let me just remove it here. I'm gonna put this into the into the chat here. So if you if you wanna go see it, even if you wanna leave this cast to go see it, go do that. 
um, because that is the important part. Um, it is exciting for me that, that I got name dropped on Timcast IRL. I, I'm a fan of Tim's and have been for a while and always like to see James on there. But, uh, and I, and I am going to show just, just the mentioning of it because why not? And so I, I will admit to the, the Chiron or the, the logo thing being a bit of clickbait because I really just want to highlight what it is that James said about DEI during that talk. So I'm going to go through different parts of his talk today. And I'm just, and I'm also just going to add a piece uh, to it. But let me let me pull up real quick the actual mention because why not? It was pretty neat. It took me off guard. I had actually texted James. I had watched about I don't know almost two thirds of the 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 podcast or Tim's show last night, kind of in real time. You know how you always got to pause and things like that, and about. Two thirds of the way through, I was like, "Well, James is doing a good job," so I just texted him and said, "Hey, man, good job, you know, good job on Tim." And I didn't even know that he had <laughs> he had mentioned me until people started coming to the YouTube page and making comments and things like that. And um, then I finally just sat down and watched the rest of it, and, I, and he actually name dropped me, and I was like, "Oh, that's kind of neat." Um, so let me actually, I'm going to fix this. I just want to show that portion of it. I hope that Tim doesn't, uh, little old me doesn't, uh, you know, hit me for showing part of his video. I'm sure he won't. It won't even register that this has happened. Um, but yeah, this so this is the video. Might as well just a few minutes long. So we'll just watch that for a second. And then, uh, you know, appreciate it. All right, Logan Culver says, James. Your speech at OK University on, mm -mm, I got to stop. Logan, you said D-E-I? I don't know what that is. I know what D-I-E is, so I'll fix it for you. He said, your speech at OK University on D-I-E, diversity, inclusivity, and equity, was amazing. I've listened to Lysenkoism part more than a dozen times. Everyone head over to New Discourse, new Discourses and subscribe. Cheers to one of my favorite guests on IRL. Mm -hmm. Do you want to uh, elaborate on what that was about? Okay, yeah. So first, I, when you ask me to introduce myself, I always forget that I don't. I should tell people I have a website, which is newdiscourses.com. <laughs> That's the name of my company. James is not a self-promoter. You should probably go to that. And I appreciate <laughs> it, especially now that I'm off Twitter and I appreciate the support. So, yeah, I had a guy. His name John or Mark Ousley. Is John Mark is his full name. Ousley. Uh, in Oklahoma, who and that was arranged it. for me to go during their diversity, inclusivity, and equity week. They had a week dedicated to it at, at OU. He arranged for me to give a talk on the subject at the university during their celebratory week of the Marxist program. And I just laid out that this is what this is. This is a, uh, equity is the goal. Equity is a rebranding of socialism. It's an administered state that's going to redistribute shares to make citizens and groups equal. That's socialism by definition. Okay. And diversity and inclusion are the mechanisms to create uh, a, a set of commissars. Diversity means diversity, hires for diversity who are experts in diversity. In other words, people who are political operatives for the program and inclusion means that anything that uh, upsets those people has to be excluded so people feel included, uh, kind of an inversion there of the meaning of the word. And so that justifies your censorship and purges. And so what you're seeing is the Sovietization of your university. And so 
Yeah, I let it rip in that. Uh, I really let it rip in front of that audience. And anybody who wants to go find it, the audio is not awesome, but it's out there. Uh, when I went to University of Oklahoma, in, just in just March. people people really need to understand it's diversity, inclusivity, and equity right. for die. Yeah, see, I actually will make a case for DEI because that spells Dei, which is God in Latin. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's not right. an accident. Yeah, I don't think right. that's an accident either. But I do love when they throw j in there for justice and make it jedi because they're (laughs) such dorks d-e-i is latin for god it's well deus and dei yeah Yeah. dei is though i know about you know deus yeah yeah j-e-d-i oh Oh, what a bunch of nerds (laughs) so again it was pretty neat to, to have the name drop but the important part of what of that whole exchange was not my name drop that that was cool for me and only me the important part was um pointing you towards the talk at OU because uh, James told me after that, that he thought it was maybe one of the best talks he's ever given, if not the best talk he's ever given up to that point, at least. And what he does over the course of that, um, uh, over the course of that talk is just completely outline what DEI is as a structure, what it's meant to do. And a lot of why it's really, really dangerous to try to, rebrand or re take over the words associated with it because it's designed to eat bureaucratically um, uh, functionally it's designed to eat your your lib your classically liberal rhetoric you know the whole diversity movement has been a movement couched although in 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 a grain of truth and that's what makes it dangerous right but it, it was couched in a grain of truth. You know, we could always use more uh, um, uh, representation, but it, it put the focus completely on there. And it went from diversity to diversity and inclusion in 2011 with Barack Obama's uh, executive order uh, implanting that apparatus into the hiring process. And it's explicitly about hiring and recruitment. And that's what James talked about in the video, right? And then... After George Floyd, it added the equity piece, which is the goal, right? And that's what James was just explaining. I want to add one more piece to it, though. Here's here's what I want everyone to think about when it comes to DEI as a unit, okay? It is it is serving as a as a membrane, as a connection between public, private, and religious institutions, and now in and the press. All of these institutions now. A, a, a vast majority of them, because they've been spurred on to do so by ESG and and all of those kinds of things, right? Um, uh, but specifically ESG, the monetary incentive, because you get you get better bank loans, you get better rates on your four hundred one ks if you have a DEI institution, right? So you've got this private market incentivizing this commissar. Um, uh, this commissar level hiring process, right? But what it is, is it's in every, it's in not every institution, but it's in a vast number of institutions, both private and public. I mean, it's all throughout the federal government. I just wrote a piece. If you want to go visit my Substack at uh, unwokable.substack.com about uh, DEI and the FBI, the rise of the Bureau's Division of Ideological Enforcement. And 
I outlined there Barack Obama's EO and his mandate from 2011 to institute all of this into the federal government. And then what happens is, and I didn't cover this yet, I'm going to cover this in another piece, but Eric Holder, who was the attorney general at that point, who oversaw the equity or the diversity and inclusion um, injection or embedding into the Justice Department, into the DOJ, then started when he got out in 2015, I believe, 2016, or well, I think it was actually a little bit before that, that he left before the end of Barack Obama's term, basically started an NGO that went out to do civil rights audits in private companies and colleges throughout the country. And that's what you started seeing happening into Donald Trump's presidency. And so DEI really started to spring up there, right? And then you started see it seeping into churches, right? Where you'll have a DEI committee at a church or even at the the, the central level of like Methodists or, or um, Presbyterians have dealt with the same thing, so the Southern Baptists especially. Uh, and so DEI is this, is this syndicate. It's a membrane that connects an ideology across the borders of public and private institutions and then unifies them all with the same moral, political, identity Marxist message. So I'm taking it just one step further than James. I'm talking about the connection beyond the walls of every institution. And think of it like this. Think of it the way that the Catholic Church operated or the Church of England operated before the revolution and the separation or the idea of separating church from state, right? You've heard John McWhorter talk about uh, wokeness as a religion, although James was talking about it before that. I was even talking about it a long time ago. That if we because it operates as a religion. So now, because it's considered secular and it's considered a cultural moral framework, right? It's designed to influence your habits, your practices, and your values and align them across institutions. And if it's able to do that, that's it's, I think this is what I'm articulating here is the mixture of what James, even in that talk, talk, talk talks about communo-fascism, right? The ideas and the values and the equity morality built on redistributive socialism, okay? Um, it becomes the moral center, but it's infused DEI by spreading throughout the public and private institutions in our society and then connecting everybody through the same goal becomes a fascistic group because it's actually, uh, because it's also done through the state, right? It's a syndicate. It's a, it's a, it's a secular religion that unifies all of that and then pushes everything in the same direction. That's why you cannot foundation against racism and, and, and tolerance and racism. It's why you cannot attempt to take it over. You may get one or two or three companies that are tired of it and still have enough wherewithal and enough 
people left within their institutions to buy your product for their trainings, but none of what you do addresses the core of it, which is hiring. It's the inclusion piece. Diversity is the shield. Inclusion is the real mechanism to include those who believe in the ideology as they define it and to exclude who, those who don't. See, this is where classical liberalism got eaten in the first place. It is. It's where it got eaten in the first place because of what James talks about in terms of, of repressive tolerance, right? You, they weaponize your good faith, liberals, classical liberals, whom I, who I have a lot of respect for, but I'm talking about specific people that I do have respect for, but you are falling into a trap. Because you will tolerate their viewpoint. Just think about this for a second. You will tolerate their viewpoint in your institution because that's part of your classical liberal mindset. And that is a virtuous thing, right? But what you have to understand is that they don't share your values. So what will end up happening, which is what has happened over the last 10 years, it will be the same process over and over again. It will be the same process. They'll walk in to your institution. They may have differing values about the, the stuff that you believe or the way that you define it. You'll define diversity in the virtuous way. You'll define inclusion in the all-encompassing way instead of the legal way which they are using it, which is the Supreme Court's definition of it. Okay? And you'll redefine equity to mean equal opportunity while they'll still meaning a, a redistributive process. And tick by tick, they'll get, they'll get more people in and then cudgel your message out of your program, take it over, and, and it will be the, the, the CRT fair diversity training. And you're, you're couching your argument in some high moral virtue that does not have any pragmatism, actual, actual common sense understanding of the way this got implanted in the first place. It's completely devoid of the introspection that progressives lack in their responsibility for this happening in the first place. And I'm saying this out of pure love and respect because... I'm telling you the truth. It's objectively verifiable. And you may not like it, but it is the truth. And I'm not saying that we have to flip over and be... Let me, let me couch it this way. When... When the Nazis or and or let's just say any any totalitarian power okay let's let, let me actually just use this when russia invaded ukraine progressives my liberal friends my classical liberal friends was it justified to use force to remove them. 
Now, I'm not talking about, now, this is not an apples to apples comparison. I'm using this as an overarching example. So don't misconstrue or twist my words. I'm not saying we need to use violence on anyone ever. What I'm talking about is that you cannot tolerate blatant ag aggression, even rhetorical, even, but or bureaucratic aggression by saying, Oh, well, I'm just going to redefine the words you're using and reclaim them. You, they were not yours in the first place. The way that they have been implemented, the way that we all know them now, even the word diversity, even the word diversity, they called it the long march through the institutions for a reason, and they, they little by slowly, you know, desensitized you to the blatant manipulation or the subversive manipulation that is now a blatant manipulation. Over time, that's what they did. And they did it, and it happened so quickly here in the last three years that y'all finally woke up, but you refuse. You refuse to understand that it is your goodwill, it's your good faith that they used against you to do it in the first place. So you don't have to, There, there's not, it's not an either or proposition. I challenge you not to think in black and white thinking when it comes to dealing with this. That either you're like them or you're not. There is middle ground here. There's nuance. There is gray area and, and I think a, a necessary gray area here. And that's what James is talking about. In order to deal with a problem, you have to actually recognize and admit what it is. And James has been cast out by a lot of you. I was cast out. For daring to mention the truth about the NSBA letter in public and my frustrations with FAIR about it. Now, let me get this straight. I, I just want to point this out. I was not kicked out, so to speak, but it was very clear that I was not wanted after doing that. You're trying to inject yourself into a economic system that was designed to eat you. And you can have all the people, all the awesome people. I love Coleman Hughes. I love all the people that are involved with FAIR. I love you guys. I, I do. I think that I respect you. You've got amazing minds. Barry Weiss. Uh, I mean, every everybody that's there. John McCorder, uh, Angel, who I just spoke with. I think you all are great. But you have a huge blind spot. You have a gigantic blind spot. And it's wrapped up in your own high moral virtue about what it is that America was or you wanted it to be and thought that your class, your, your progressivism was going to lead you towards. And it actually led to where we are now. There are many aspects of that line of thought, that especially classical liberalism, especially in the enlightenment and things like that, that need to stay intact. That's what we're fighting for. But just like when that 
line of thinking was attacked during World War II, we did not sit here and go, well, hey, you know, and again, this is not an apples to apples. I'm not talking about using force. I'm not talking about that. What I'm saying is, is that you have to meet it in kind. You have to recognize what it is. We did not attack anyone until we were attacked. We are under attack. Pearl Harbor was in 2020. The rhetorical Pearl Harbor in this situation was in 2020. And you all are trying to if you can't beat them, join them kind of situation with trying to in inject these values through the same apparatus that was designed to take you over using your own message before that. And it is linked, the ideology they have built and the mechanisms they have built is intolerant to you. You are a part of the right. My problem with FAIR's response to the NSBA letter was because you tried to handle it with kid gloves when it was abundantly ob obvious that what the DOJ had done was target American citizens and parents who were complaining about the racism implanted by DEI and enforced and cuddled by DEI at school board meetings and stuff. And y'all wanted to play it. And I think I know why. You, you want to go into all these companies and, and there's a profit making, even if it's a nonprofit, I know how nonprofits work. People get paid to work in nonprofits. Don't believe me? Ask the Clinton Global Initiative. Okay, I, I, I'm not saying that it, it, you don't have a virtuous part of you every, but it's, it's again, shows and eats it. We all have, there, there's various degrees. Nothing's ever one thing or the other. But what I'm saying is, is that your monetary incentive here is going to beat the virtue of your incentive, your virtuous incentive. And you're doing it at the detriment of our entire society. Anybody who's doing that. I can argue with your tactics and your method without impugning your intentions. Because I have nothing against making money either. But you're weaponizing the very industry or you're, 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 you're trying to monetize for yourselves the very industry that is used to, to remove classical liberalism from the institutions in the first place. They weaponized your empathy. Conservatives left. Conservatives left. Classical liberals stuck around. And many of them were turned because they, this is designed to make classical liberals, progressives, think that this is the next step in the progression. And if you don't realize that, there's... <laughs>
you know? And I, I'll tell I'll say this. I hope I'm uh, I hope that I am wrong and all of you all of you people at FAIR and those other institutions that are doing this kind of thing, I hope that you are right. And I hope you save the world. But I just don't think you are. And I can't not say that because you're the big group. And you have all the people on your board. That everybody, I'm so tired of that too. I know people who are scared to say what I'm saying. Hell, I've been scared to say what I'm saying because it's pretty much gotten the message around around the, the, the spheres that if you speak against it, they'll just freeze you out of the conversation. Well, that's not very woke of you, is it? I'm not doing... I'm not going after anyone personally here. I'm I'm critiquing your method of operation because it's inherently flawed. You can't reclaim words that were never yours. You cannot that those words are not from the in, you you came up in the 90s and the 80s when they started being used in the way that they've been used, but they were designed by a neo-Marxist social justice apparatus during your formative years. And so you held them sacred in the understanding of the way you had, but they were always meant to be turned on you. You specifically Classical liberals, specifically. They were meant to be turned on you. The media was largely what? Liberal. Left. And Barry Weiss, who I love, I love Barry Weiss. She is a, she's... She is an amazing writer. She's an amazing journalist. She is an amazing person. But the Harper's letter, all of the liberals, and Barry is the main example of this, is that she stuck around longer than any conservative ever would. Because she had to wrestle with the fact that this was playing off of her core values. And you can't use their words. You just can't. You have to understand that you have to come up with something else. You have to at least come up with something else. I think Jason Littlefield has done a a good job of... He's done the best job so far of anybody I've seen. Also because he, he couches it as something that's not meant to live in the institution. DEI lives in the institution. At the University of Oklahoma, it's the division of ideology, or I call it the division of ideological force enforcement, but it's the division of diversity, equity, and inclusion. It lives there. What Jason's talking about doing is giving team building exercises built around good moral values 
And the only the only thing I disagree with him there is that the workplace is not for that. The, the, see, this is the thing: us accepting that that is that the workplace is the place for that to be done and for it to live means that you're turning the workplace into a church because you're implanting habits, practices, and values into an institution to make everybody go a certain direction. And if you live, if you have an office that's devoted just to that, that's what James is talking about in the video at OU. They are commissars. It's a, but it's not just, it's a syndicate of commissars that, that pull institutions across the borders of their walls towards an overall cultural goal, cultural Marxism. That's the point. That's what I've been trying to say. So I, 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 I know I kind of went off, but I've been, I've been, one thing that Jason and I talked about yesterday, if you, if you haven't seen that, go watch it because we had a little dust up on Twitter and that precipitated our second conversation, which was yesterday. Okay. But one thing that is good about Twitter is that it lets you know where the fault lines are. And it lets you know what people are trying to do to protect their own narrative. And Jason and I talked about this yesterday, about this new glass ceiling that's developed on the right. You know, Twitter and everything kind of broke the glass ceiling, YouTube and all of that. And the left had it first on, on social media and tried to impose it on the right. Or And I'm using these terms as the most you know, uh, woke and unwoke or just leftist fascist and everyone else, whatever you want to call it. But but they tried to reimpose it. Now the right has done the same thing. And it's gathered around two specific things from what I can see based upon my experience with this on social media and what you get traction with, who will knock you down, who will attack you. Because the right is starting to do this exact same thing. The, the, the unwoke crowd has started to do this. Jason talked about it yesterday, where you have, we know what we're against. We're unwoke, okay? We're against the woke neo-Marxism. We're against that. But the what we're for is now transient. And that that is, it. the what we are for is moved around by several people and several institutions now on the right that decide the narrative right and decide what can be questioned or what cannot be questioned and they'll swarm you just like they 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 do they'll the left did if you if you speak against the sacred cow or even just question it they'll unfollow you which in their mind which is just such a haughty incredibly elitist if you want to go that direction guys and I'm talking to people I know and that I followed and have followed me since they had 12,000 followers, if, even if they got a million or 400 or 500,000 now, who've used my talking points in the stuff that's made them who they are today. I'm talking to you.
but you, you, you become gatekeepers of a narrative when our whole movement was about not having that. And you implant what we are for with whatever thing you want to push at the time. And you refuse to allow it to be questioned. That is wokeness. And so that's why I really do like what Jason's doing. He's talking about empowered humanity theory and having a, a base core value now that we're going to say, okay, whatever is an attack on the mind of man. I am writing a dissertation on a piece of music by where the text is by Thomas Jefferson. And it was premiered on the same day. And all the people who are on my channel have heard me say this before, but it's premiered on the same day as the Jefferson Memorial. And it, and, and, and the, the text is the God who gave us life, gave us liberty at the same time. The hand of force may destroy, but cannot destroy them. But it also conjoins with the text that is on the wall of the memorial where these two things were birthed on the same day. And it says, I swear upon the altar of God, eternal hostility against any attack on the mind of man. When I see people go out there and say, you're not a good parent unless you support school choice, huh, where have I heard that bullshit before? Where have I heard that before? Oh, you're not, you're not, you're racist unless you support BLM. Sound familiar? You're Machiavellian. Oh, well, I'm going to use all of their manipulative tactics to beat them. See, that's where I, I do agree with FAIR. Right? It's like we can't go far down that road. Glenn Beck said it the other day. You, you cannot become them. You cannot become them. And we're doing it in the worst way on the right. And it's all, and, and there, there's a few specific issues that I know are driven just by money, by people that actually agree with the woke, the crypto woke. And some of the people in our movement, I, I just fear, have been sold to the highest bidder. I think they are few and far between, and I have no proof, and I, so I would never impugn anybody that way. But the signs are there. So this is what I would say. Go watch the video that James mentioned in Tipcast. It's on my YouTube channel. It's called, let me make sure I got it right because I it's called, uh, I titled it for the clickbait, but it's James Lizzie destroys DEI at the University of Oklahoma. Race Marxist Commissars. I'll just throw it up here real quick. Hold on. So you can see it. But it, the 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 I'm not good at this yet. Um the the link is in the in the chat. So let me share this. I think I'll just go back and finish with this too. Because again, it was awesome to have my name dropped on Tim Pool. One of these days I would like to go on that show. That's an honest, I'm not going to lie and say that was a goal. That, that is a goal. 
I, I think it would be fun to go on that show. Um, you know, maybe one day when I have something that is, is, you know, worth talking about and, and, but, and that was cool. And I count James as a friend and somebody who has given up so much of the stuff that he could have used to monetize himself as the unquestionable leader of this movement and didn't because he was giving it to people so he could help us do it. And he was ran out on a rail by a lot of the classical liberals who would shoot their tweets to him in, in their DMs, but not associate with him in public. Who would take what he's saying, sanitize it just enough to make it acceptable in the parlance of the people who are trying to take you over. He could have done that, but he didn't. Instead, he shared it to try to help everyone realize what this is. So I would I would say go watch this please, don't watch my 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 video here anymore if you want just go watch this, and then watch my interview with him too because he we address some of these things I'm gonna throw that actually into the chat if I can get to it I don't know if I can, um, but let me see if I can get to it hold on, um, but. We were, where we discussed this in that interview, it, it, we, I called it the, the dogmas of the quiet past. Because liberals, I will say this to you. And I've said this to the right already. The dogmas of the quiet past are not, are not suitable to the stormy present. We must divorce ourselves of that mindset and, and start anew. Built on the same principles, but with a new set of tools and under, a new set of understandings about what it is that, that allowed us to be taken over in the first place. That allowed us to be taken over in the first place. I'm going to put this in the chat for anybody who's watching. This is my interview with James. So, again, and I'll say this again to all of my friends at FAIR. Because I do count you guys as friends. I do count you as people with good intentions who think that you're doing the right thing, who are very intelligent, most way smarter than I am. On most levels. But I'm in the trenches here, guys. I'm in a red state. And 
I've seen a lot of things that I've tried to share. So, and James is right and you're wrong. And I say that out of pure respect and love because that's what the truth is. So if you appreciate the content I'm bringing you, if you appreciate the things I'm saying, please like and subscribe to the channel. Hit the bell, share the videos. I would appreciate it. I don't have any funding. <laughs> um, and I literally, in many ways, many ways, gave up my career to do what I'm doing right now. So, you know, there are other aspects to it, but it's, it's, it's anybody who was in it as a, a teacher that has outwardly spoke out about this and didn't have a tenured position. And sometimes even though they did have a tenured position are not welcome in this environment. You know, so like, subscribe, share. I appreciate it. Go watch these two videos that I put in the chat. One is the video mentioned on Tim Pool. One is my interview with James. And don't spend any more time on here listening to me babble. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And we'll see you later.